0: what's going on guys it's Nick here back in the video it's Saturday so time to go over my favorite plays of the week this video as always sponsored by our friends over at underdog show them some love sign up for your first account today they will match your first deposit up to $100 all you have to do is sign up using the promo code FFA that is a free $100 you can use to either do the picks that we're going to go over today maybe the 20 ones you want to try out or when there are playoff contests ...opens up for the NFL playoffs, their best ball contest, you can do some drafts over there as well. That's going to start up very, very soon. So, who do we like this week? We will start off, as usual, the 21s, and we've got two this week. First game we're going to stack, uh, probably going to surprise a lot of you, and that's Steelers at Falcons. Yes, I know the Falcons are run by a caveman. They think that running the ball every play is best... But this game actually does have some upside, especially relative to each player's line. Like, obviously, if everyone needed 100 total yards, we're not going to be on that spot, or I guess we'd be on the spot, but for the unders, right? But we're taking the overs in the spot. And I think that basically everyone's line is, like, extremely reasonable, especially for a spot where, like, the defense shouldn't really provide that much resistance to the opposing Offenses. The Falcons have been uh, a run funnel at times this season. They've been a pass funnel at times, but I'm just going to start calling them a production funnel from now on because you can basically attack them however you'd like. There's no real need to go on the ground, need to go through the air. They can't really stop anything. So, however, you want to attack them, you can be successful in doing that. This week, I would imagine the Steelers plan to air it out a lot. And I think that everyone is a little bit down on their passing attack. And like I know that Kenny Pickett hasn't been amazing. He hasn't come in as a rookie and just like set the world on fire and been amazing. Most rookie quarterbacks don't do that. It usually takes a little bit of time. But I really do feel like he's been better than people are giving him credit for. Like Again, has been fantastic. But in his first eight games as a pro. He's played the Jets, the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, Eagles, Saints, Bengals, Colts. 6 of those 8 teams are a defense that rank top 12 in DVOA. And again, these are his first 8 games as a pro. Those are really difficult matchups, and if they're not difficult defensive matchups, they've just been really good teams like Those are really, that you probably couldn't dream up a more difficult start to your career as a quarterback, especially behind a bad offensive line, with basically a non-existent run game. But if we look recently as well, the Steelers have run 75, 76, 84, 73, 69 offensive plays the last five weeks. We know the Falcons have allowed the fifth most opponent plays per game in the league, and yet... Even if I go through, I give people roughly their histor- historical production. This is such a good matchup. I've boosted the catch rate and the yards perception of the receivers, but not by a crazy amount, just by like a small amount. And given that they've been in really difficult matchups and now they get, you know, a super soft one, it makes sense to boost them. But even if I don't go crazy in the plays, I give them 65 and a half offensive plays, that would be their lowest total by a good measure in any of Kenny Pickett's starts. Like, they're probably going to be above this total. Even just doing that, being conservative with it, all of the pass catchers project to hit their overs. Unfortunately, the odds that, like, everyone does is pretty low. Someone isn't going to hit, and so you do have to choose. You don't really want to stack up. Every single player on the offense, because it's like, you know, even if they have a great game, like, you know, everyone can't hit the over, right? But I'm going to choose Pat Friarmouth and George Pickens, um, and then leave out Deontay Johnson for three reasons. One, um, I trust the target share of Pat the most. He has led the team in target share since a Claypool trade. It's something we talked about right after the trade happened, that Pat was going to be the one that benefited the most. It was going to help everyone because it condenses the target share, gives everyone a higher ceiling, but Pat benefited the most from that trade. Two, Pickens has the deepest dot. So even if we're wrong, I don't think we are, but if we're wrong in the volume, well, Pickens can still hit his over because it really only takes him like two receptions. He probably would need more than that to hit his. I'll tell you if the line is in a second. Well, it's 47 and a half, but I'll tell you all the lines in a second. But he probably needs like three receptions to hit that. Again, I think he's going to blow past this. But if we're wrong on the volume, he can still get there because he can hit deep. Deontay can't. Deontay needs the volume to be there. And then three, well, they have lower lines than Deontay anyway. So when in doubt, take the ones who have a lower line. Um, then if you look at that, you're like, okay, obviously we're taking Kenny Pickett, right? I mean, like, if we think his receivers go over, he's going to go over. I do, one thing is you can take his receiving um, or his passing yardage prop if you want to, and it makes sense correlate the passing yards with the receiving yards. But I actually prefer his pass attempts over 29 and a half. Um, he has hit that over in four of the last five. Um, and his yardage prop is still pretty high. It's 257 and a half as of recording this. And like he can hit that certainly. But like even if let's say Pickens and uh, Pack over their totals. That could still only be like 110 total yards. And he still needs to pick up a lot behind that. The pass attempts one feels more secure. Because like it's still correlated. If he's throwing the ball 35 times. It's incredibly likely that Pickens and Pat are going their overs. Whereas like. I know the passing yards will correlate that way, but it's possible that they hit their overs for that one, and he still doesn't really approach his passing yard. So I hope that made sense. I just think it's more likely that the attempts hit. How about the Falcons side, though? We've got three on the Steelers. We do need to run it back with the Falcons. We would prefer this game stays competitive, stays aggressive. We'd prefer there are some big plays on either side that force the other side to play more aggressive and just get really back on the field quicker. Well, uh, we know the Falcons like to run it. And so let's take advantage of something that we know for sure, even in the games that they have been just steamrolled, they continue to run the football. And so taking Cordell Patterson just like makes a lot of sense. He's also a player that can hit instantly. Like he can rush for, you know, 50, 60 yards in one play, instantly hit his over, get the other team back on the field. We love correlating that way. Um, He did hit his highest snap share since returning last week, and he's the player that we expect to get the most volume on this offense, and again, their most explosive player as well. I liked his total yards prop at 58.5 rushing plus receiving yards when they posted that earlier in the week, and that's what I posted on the website. Um, They've since removed that and replaced it with 50.5 just rushing yards, which I still think is fine if you're watching this and that's the only one up. I think, again... You can certainly take that. I just like the other one because it only takes 9 receiving yards. And then anything after that is a bonus where he doesn't have to get rushing. He had his highest target share, I believe, of the season. But at least since returning last week. Getting a little bit more involved again through the air. And so I thought that was just a better line. Uh, but again, if it's only the rushing one, I'm fine with that one as well. Because they're going to run the ball a ton. He's still going to be very involved. Uh, behind him, you're basically just picking between Drake London and Zacchaeus. Uh Zacchaeus to me... Feels a little bit points chasey. No, it's not points, but like it feels yardage chasey to me coming off the big game. Um it's fine, and his prop is like 29 and a half. Like it doesn't take much to, to get there for him. But I just think Drake London is the better player. Um he The target share is going to be like a little bit more consistent with Zacchaeus. It was there last week more than London. But if we simulate the rest of the season over a thousand times, I find it very hard to believe that Drake London is not going to outproduce only Zacchaeus, and his line is six yards higher. It's 35 and a half. So I just think I'm willing to sacrifice those six yards, get the better player. I know it didn't hit last week, but I'm very confident that Drake London is a better wide receiver and will be on the field more than Zacchaeus, And so I prefer his, again, 35 and a half. I know they're going to run the ball. I know they don't throw it, but it's 35 and a half yards. You could hit that on two or three receptions. It doesn't take that much. And if the Steelers side hits, then I have to think London has a really good chance of hitting his over there as well. So the full 20 to one, for those of you listening on Spotify, can't see on the screen now, Pickens, over 47 and receiving yards. Pat Fryermuth over 48 and receiving yards. Kenny Pickett, over 29 and pass attempts. And I am fine if you want to do the passing yards instead. Patterson, over 15 and half rushing yards, unless the total yards goes back up. And then Drake London, over 35 and receiving yards. And if you want to switch it to the Zacchaeus, I get it. It's fine. I prefer Drake London. So that's one of them. What is the other one? Uh we're gonna go back to the team that first won it for us back in week one, and that's stacking up Titans at Eagles. Uh now this one is tough, and it's why we correlate these bets because, like, honestly, the two most likely outcomes are that they all hit or none of them hit for this one. So if you really wanted to take both sides, you could. But I prefer betting on production, it's just more fun to watch, obviously. And so What we need as far as this game script is to observe, basically, that the Titans are a massive pass funnel. You do not run the ball on the Titans. But we also know the Eagles don't always abide by that. Like, we saw that in the Washington game as well, and they refused. They're like, nope, we're going to run the ball against this good run defense, and they lost... Because of it. Now, they could do the same thing again. They could try running the ball on the Titans and lose because of it. I have to think they won't. But we can force that out of them by saying, hey, what if Derrick Henry has a Derrick Henry game? What if the Titans look at this game like, okay, well, teams have run the ball on the Eagles. It's very difficult to pass on them. Let's see if we can get Derrick Henry going. And what if he hits? What if he goes for 150 yards? He has like two, you know, 40, 50-yard runs in there. Um, He keeps the Titans in a positive game script. They don't need to throw the ball. And so we get Tannehill hitting his under for passing yards. We get Henry hitting his over for rushing yards. And we get a game script that forces the Eagles to throw it. That's what we're betting on here. Uh, We've just got all the production flowing through their big two. I mean, 64% of the Eagles' targets since the Dallas Goddard got injured has gone to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith is third in target share in the entire league since he's gotten injured. Obviously, Scott are getting injured, not Tonda Smith. And then A.J. Brown's still up at 27%. Like, we just know that's where the volume's going. And when you're so certain, all we're betting on here is that game script. And I think there's more than a 5% chance that Derrick Henry has a good game and it forces the Eagles to throw it. And so the 20-1 to 1 for this one, having that game script play out, is A.J. Brown over 74.5 receiving yards. Devonta Smith over 60 and a half receiving yards. Jalen Hurts over 219 and a half passing yards. Basically, a lock to hit that if both those two go over. Then Derrick Henry over 85 and a half rushing. Tannehill under 213 and a half passing yards. Since again, we want that game script. If that game script doesn't happen and the Eagles are running it, well, now it's less likely that their passing yardage hits. And so we just want to bet on that happening. So, those are the 20-1 to bets that I love this week. How about we quickly go over a few of the one-off plays, and actually, there is one correlated one in here. My number one confidence bet so far this season is 83% on the year. This week, it almost went to Ramondre Stevenson over 4.5 receptions, which did hit. That was number two. But number one, Mark Andrews, over 50.5 receiving yards. I don't know. I think maybe they meant to type 60 and a half and they like mistyped this one. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, Sure, they're facing Denver, but the Ravens are home. That's a positive. Uh, And the Broncos are actually weakest against tight ends. They're a bottom eight matchup for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, but they were a slightly positive matchup for tight ends. He's hit this over in six of eight games where he's played at least of the snaps this season. And one of his misses came last week where he was half a yard short. You know, he drops that easy touchdown. If he catches that, he would have gone over in seven of eight games. He could miss anyone. Could miss their prop, even if you put it really, really low. But I have to think, at least 60, probably like 70% of the time, he hits at least 15 and a half receiving yards. He's the very clear number one receiver on this team best matchup, it just makes too much sense. The line is far too low. My number three and four props this week are, like I said, correlated. uh, Justin Herbert and Josh Jacobs, of course. We've got the Chargers and the Raiders playing this week. Uh, Herbert, over 288.5 passing yards. Josh Jacobs, over 115.5 total yards, so rushing plus receiving. Uh, Raiders, number one matchup for opposing quarterbacks. We talked about last week why Geno Smith was basically a lock to have a good game, not like go off, but have a good game because everyone, I think it was everyone besides um, Andy Dalton and Russell Wilson has just destroyed. Every single quarterback has destroyed the Raiders' defense. Well, Justin Herbert is not Russell Wilson. He is not uh, Andy Dalton. He is much more in the group of like all of the other quarterbacks. Uh, We just have so much confidence in this play and if that's going to hit um, it could come from two scenarios one the one we want is that the Raiders are producing and if they are I mean Chargers number two matchup for opposing running backs third worst rush defense TVOA, last in yards per carry allowed it would make sense that if the Raiders are doing well it's through Josh Jacobs But even if that doesn't happen, we've seen recently Jacobs has an insane target share, something that he hasn't had in recent seasons. So now he's becoming game script proof before they fall behind. They're going to other running backs in the receiving game. Well, now they're using Jacobs in the receiving game. So even if the Chargers fall behind, this is a much more secure bet. Again, we want the Raiders to pull ahead to force the Chargers into an even more pass-heavy game script than they already would have had, which would have already been high, and we'd have, like, a lock for this to hit. But even if the Chargers pull ahead, they're going to still remain aggressive through the air. And then Jacobs, again, he can have those receptions. That's why we're going to bet on uh, the total yards and not just the rushing. Now, you can absolutely make this a a 20-to-1. You can throw in Adams. You can throw in, like, Keenan Allen, maybe... um, I don't think they've posted a DeAndre Carter prop. That would probably be one that I would look at because the Raiders are the number one matchup for slot wide receivers. So you'd want anyone who's going to focus in the slot sometimes. That's why Ken Allen's a good play this week as well. But I looked at the lines they did post and everyone's pretty high. So I like Herbert. I like Jacobs. Everyone else was like, you know, pretty high line to where you do need a lot to go right for that to hit. Uh, people will definitely ask about the Miami at San Fran game. I love that game too. I think that game can be really aggressive, especially through the air. Like, I think Miami could just drop back a ton this week and really hit. But if you look at their lines too, Tua, to Waddle, Hill, really, really high. Um, I think, I mean, when I looked, Waddle was at like 70. Um, Tyreek Hill was In, like, the mid-90s, I think Tua was up at, like, a crazy high number, like, 280 for passing. Like, they were really, really high, and so a lot still had to go right. You could still have that game shooting out and then have people not hit. So, if they drop them a little bit, maybe we get Waddle closer to 60, um, Tyreek Hill closer to, like, the upper 80s. Maybe two of drops to like 265, something like that. Then we'd love that snack. Uh, but I think they were kind of game planning there. I mean, like, okay, people are going to snack up this game. Let's boost up the props. That's why I didn't talk about that one. But I still like uh, that one if we're going to see the lines drop. Final one we're over today is Garrett Wilson, over 58 and a half receiving yards. I talked about this one a good amount in the Thursday Now video for start sets. Um, I said it might come as a surprise as some people because, like, you know, the Vikings – you don't think in your mind, have a terrible defense, and you're like, okay, it's it's the Jets, right? But again, when Zach Wilson is not the quarterback of the Jets, they're pretty decent. And this is a sneaky, really good matchup for Garrett Wilson. And it's made, again, even better with, you know, White playing really, really well at quarterback. As for Scott Barrett, uh, Garrett Wilson ranks third behind Hopkins and Devonta Adams ahead of Justin Jefferson Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs in first read targets per game as long as his quarterback is not Zach Wilson. So with anyone else a quarterback he is getting so many first read targets those are incredibly important especially against bad defenses because you're more likely to be open quickly against a bad defense. The Vikings are the fourth best matchup for opposing wide receivers second worst in yards per play. Mac Jones just threw the ball for nearly four 100 yards against them which is incredibly embarrassing since not only is Mac Jones highly mediocre but like remember Myers was limited to only like situational third downs in that game so their leading receiver was out all their other receivers are complete garbage and he throws for nearly 400 yards and Mac Jones himself is not a good quarterback so the the Vikings defense is like not that impressive we just see Mike White throw for over 300 yards three touchdowns and basically three quarters And while the Bears have like the worst defense in the NFL, so they're still worse than the Vikings, it's not by as much as a lot of people will think. So Garrett Wilson, going to be a star in the league, could still hit his under here. We could see something else happen, but the line is too low at 58 and a half. And I don't think it's going to rise because I don't think people are going to pull the trigger on this one. People are going to see 58 and a half and be like, ooh, I don't know. I haven't seen enough from Garrett Wilson. He's good enough to hit this. Uh, I would say at least 60% of the time, which if you have a 60% bet, you pretty much always want to take that at 50-50 odds. So these are my favorite bets this week. Remember, sign up for your first account underdog today. They will match your first deposit up to $100 as long as you use promo code FFA. That is free money. And hopefully, we can continue to grow that balance every single week. So good luck to everyone this weekend. That, my friends, is this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button. How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.